Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. My name is Ann Ortley. I'm an astrologer here in New York City, and I am broadcasting tonight on this beautiful Sunday, uh, May 20th, from the bright red desk on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. And it was supposed to rain, but it didn't. It was just beautiful out today. Um, and what we do here on the Weekly Weather is we talk about what's going on in the heavens above and how it feels on uh, how it feels to us here on Earth below and what we can do with the energy and how we can work with it productively and a little astrology lesson and a little bit of understanding of what we're working with and all that hoo-ha. So <clears throat> what we like to do is kind of go, okay, what's up there? And we've had a lot of activity in the heavens this last week because Uranus changed into Taurus for the first time in 84 years. And I, I will, I will sh- do a shout-out to my friend Raymond and my assistant Rose, because we had, we had, Rose and I had the discussion. And then Raymond came today. We have, I have a monthly thing that meets at my house. And he came today and he goes, Ann, Uranus was in Taurus. And I said, you know, that's the same thing that Rose said to me, uh, you know, and we were doing the newsletter. So... I'm going to be clear, and I do. I did send out a newsletter about the Uranus and Taurus. So Uranus left Taurus 75 years ago, but it entered Taurus 84 years ago. So I kind of went with it. Last time it was entered Taurus, and we corrected the newsletter, but technically the last time it was in Taurus was 75 years ago because it spends about eight years in the sign. So for the purists, uh, Raymond and Rose among you um, that's you know it was in Taurus for eight years culminating ending 75 years so we've not experienced that energy for a while but all the Uranus and Taurus people who are turning 84 sometime in the next 70, 70 in the next seven eight years are going to go ah yes Uranus and Taurus this is my thing I recognize this energy so Rose and I had a discussion. I made her change it. Raymond said I did it wrong. So I'm going, you know, I, I had this conversation. Uranus and Taurus, flexibility, maximum flexibility, and just go, okay, so maybe I should have said it the other way. But at any rate, in 1934 was the last time Uranus entered Taurus. And then it left it, of course, eight years later, right before we went into World War II. So our job with this energy is it is change among us, change upon us, change inviting us to try new and fun things that invite us to change and shift our life and move in a different direction. And a lot of you uh, noticed this. You know, you kind of said, okay, you know, I've been, been doing this stuff for the last eight years or so. I started this project in 210. Now I'm ready for it to really grow or I'm feeling the need to put down roots, or I'm feeling the need to change some stuff up in my life that maybe isn't where I want it to be. And that's all Uranus and Taurus. It's the desire for growth. And it also has a slowing down quality. It wants you to slow down because Taurus is a slow-moving sign. You know, it's not frisky. The cows don't run around in the, you know, bulls charge, but they only charge when they're mad. You know, it's kind of a quiet and happy sign which, of course, Uranus doesn't really like. He likes to kind of get everything all stirred up. So um, we want to kind of honor that he has these two sides to him, 
and uh, because he's in a sign that's going to say go slow, go slow, but he's in a he's a planet that likes to do stuff quick. So it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a consternation up there in the heavens because it's like, well, what do we do now? On the date that Uranus went into Taurus, uh, Venus was out of bounds, and of course. Venus rules Taurus. So we're going to have kind of a wild time this summer uh, while Venus is out of bounds. And then in November, December, January, February, Uranus goes back into Aries, cleans up some stuff, and then he goes into Taurus for good for true March 9th of 19, which is when we really begin the journey in earnest. So this is going to feel a little bit kind of like a preview, you know, where you get kind of, you know how you watch a TV episode and then they show you the next week's episode, like a couple minutes of it, and you're like, ooh, that looks interesting. And then it's like you got to wait a week. <clears throat> yeah, that's basically it. Or, you know, Saturday Night Live, if you're a Saturday Night Live fan, this week they had uh, them doing The Sopranos' last episode, and it went to black, you know, when uh, um, the Mueller character played by Robert De Niro came in. And, of course, Trump playing, by, played by Alec Baldwin. So it went to black. You know how everybody was mad? Remember when The Sopranos ended? Everybody was like, what, did my cable go out? What happened? What? And people were all really annoyed. It's a change. And it's honoring that we're changing. A couple of you wrote in about the mayonnaise jar analogy and um, last week that I used about Mars going into the south node seven time, three times this year and squaring Uranus three times this year. And, of course, any planets that you have between 0 and 9 are going to get woken up by this because the node of fate's going across them backwards. <coughs> and Mars is going forward to 9, then backwards, then forward. And Uranus is going up to 2 uh, and a half, and then backwards. So there's a lot of, lot of energy up there that's asking us to change and come up with a different way of, of doing things, being things, and seeing things. And the heavens reflect for us uh, an understanding of change or a desire to change. And we, of course, get to rule our lives. We get to make the decisions for the most part. I mean, not everything. But that there's this kind of uh, energy of change. Um, And, of course, when stuff's at the end of the cycle, like it is now, um, we have a lot of energy shifting around uh, endings and beginnings because the Aries is wrapping up stuff and the Taurus is beginning. So you're going to find you may have to go back to the stuff that started 210 to 11 and do some work with it because there's a new new energy in town and maybe you haven't quite finished those stories. Or you're going to reflect back on that and go, okay, I'm ready to go forward, but I still have some stuff I have to work with from there. And it's really an honoring of the cycle and it's an honoring of the larger past Of course, Uranus is a very prominent planet in our president's chart and our uh, uh, Giuliani's chart. They're both Sun-Uranus guys. Um, So it felt like that whole area got speeded up. But now Uranus is in the 12th house, the house of undoing of Gemini. So Geminis can feel like there's stuff going on behind their backs. Tauruses can feel like they're up for change. And each of the other signs, zero to nine, those planets are very active now as Mars goes and sets them off and Uranus comes in to say, yeah, there's a new, there's a new sheriff in town. There's a new kid in town. There's a new, there's a new deal happening. 
So kind of watch where it is in your chart. I did a, I did a podcast uh, Wednesday on Uranus in Taurus, and it's available on my website because we're going to be working with this puppy for eight years. Um, helpful to know what it is. We kind of did a survey of previous Uranus and Taurus events. And, of course, uh, previous Uranus events, um, Uranus rules um, the Internet. So we have the net neutrality bill, which is probably uh, a problem because the net was privatized on an early Uranus transit and made corporation-owned, and even though it was built with government tax dollars. Um, and now they're privatizing it further and going to be slowing it down. Tourists, slow it down. So you pay extra, you get a fast Uranet. Pay slow, you get a slow Uranet. Kind of like you want to drive on the highway, got to pay a toll, right? Uh, as opposed to those back roads. Even the back roads are probably going to have tolls on them. So it's an interesting time, and our chart wants to work with this energy. We also had the wedding this week of the royal wedding, and I'll be posting. A couple people wrote and said, what do you think? What do you think? And uh, one of my students stopped by to drop off something because she, she's not going to be able to go to UAC in Chicago this week. And she said some tarot readers that she was reading said Megan's already pregnant. So I'm like, really? So we were just about to work with the royal wedding charts. And there was, a, there was an aspect that indicates her series is right before the Juno, that she might actually be pregnant. So that was kind of exciting. So we'll have to see if we get an announcement because uh, series, and they're separated by like a couple minutes. Um, so I'm like, really? Hmm, wow, okay, cool. So I don't know it for sure. No, I'm not in the royal family. But there was that little look that he gave her when they were taking the vow about, yeah, you know. <laughs> I was like, huh, maybe that look has a little more meaning. Um, so anyway, and she did have a dress that everybody was complaining wasn't fitted well. But, you know, if you're a little pregnant, you can't have it fit that well. Got to be a little bit bigger because you never know when it's going to grow. So we'll see. I'm sorry I'm starting vicious rumors about Megan, uh, but it it may very well be true because she did have a series Juno aspect, which is as I marry, I am am with child. Um, And I've seen that a few times in my practice. But my, my, my student, Tanya, suggested that to me, and I'm like, ooh, this could be cool. So let's look at the week ahead, and um, and remember, I'm not starting a vicious rumor. I wish them many happy years, and it actually is a very nice chart that is uh, very helpful. It's a nice Cancer moon. It's a Taurus sun. It's a Virgo rising, so it's got a lot of connection with each other. Uh, Venus is out of bounds, which is why all the family stuff was kind of crazy right before they got married, Uh, whether she would walk herself down the aisle, whether... And she actually walked herself part of the way, and Charles walked her part of the way. And, you know, it's understanding that this this chaos energy is kind of part and parcel of what they, the marriage starts under, but exciting chaos, kind of interesting stuff going on. So, but it's a nice chart. And the official time I sat watching CNN, waiting for the, <laughs> waiting for the moment, 12.39 p.m., May 19th, 2018, in Windsor, England, okay? And that should give you a two Virgo rising 43 minutes with a 23 Taurus midheaven. It's a, it's a nice chart, and, in, and their composite chart is lovely for getting married. Um, so very cool. Happy Meghan, happy Prince Harry. Um, and in terms of your life, you know, where are you being asked to partner 
creatively with yourself. They're going to be partnering. They've committed to their partnership. Where are you going to work and grow? Because Taurus is ruled by Venus, and Venus is answering to Gemini, suggesting there is a partner or two, maybe even more, out there for you. And because the energy is very volatile, it can feel a little unstable, but the partner that you pull in now or the person you pull in now is designed to help you move forward, whether they stay or they don't. They're here to kind of accelerate stuff and get everything going. And as we move forward with Uranus and the Mars square all summer, you know, we're going to be cleaning out the things that don't work because Mars is in that south node, clean, 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 scraping the mayonnaise jar. But Taurus is saying, and the reason you're scraping the mayonnaise jar is because you want to go here. We're trying to create this new thing. The other analogy you can use is when, when I was young and we used to have to go rake the leaves off the off the gardens as a kid my parents believed in child slaves and we were all uh we were all put to work with various tasks and chores which made us all very independent in terms of being able to do stuff and one of the jobs was to rake the dead leaves off the the wood off the dirt where the flowers grew and so that's the other energy you can use is the mars and aquarius raking the earth and then clearing the dead leaves so that the plants can come up and bloom, right? So it's a very positive, earthy kind of energy. Our week ahead is not going to be nearly as wild as last week was, which is always nice. And we are heading into Memorial Day, so we have a three-day holiday. I will be in uh, Chicago, so I'm going to be at, at UAC, the big astrology conference that we're having at, starting Wednesday. So if, I, if you're in Chicago, look me up. I am a little shy. I'm good at astrology talk, but I'm always like the small talk stuff. I got too much Scorpio on my chart. I go, hi, how are you? How are you? Yeah. You have a deep conversation with me, I'm good. Uh, lightweight, I kind of go, okay, I'll listen. Um, so I will be broadcasting a slightly different time uh, next Sunday because I have dinner plans. Um, so it will probably be an early show on Sunday the 27th. Uh, but it is Memorial Day, which, of course, is one of the fun days of the year. We get a holiday and we get to uh, take some time off, and it marks the beginning of summer. It also, of course, is a holiday that marks the wars. Uh, so we remember the people who died in service to our country as we're as on that holiday, where we often have really good food. Um, <clears throat> so at any rate, our week, this week, the sun entered Gemini today, around, or enters Gemini, Gemini rather, tonight, around 10.15 tonight, um, and right now the moon is in Leo, and it'll be in Leo until 11.30 tonight, Sunday the 20th. And then it's void all day tomorrow, void all day in Leo, which is creative, but also not gets a lot done. So you can work on things, like I'm, I've kind of got the day blocked out to work on my presentation um, for UAC, but you also can work on stuff that's in process, just don't start new things. But the closing aspect for today is a nice overdoing moon square Jupiter. So you're going to overdo. I know I have too many slides. I'm never going to get through them all. But it makes me happy to have a lot of slides. Uh, the moon goes into Virgo, bright night, 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 10.03 p.m. on Monday night. And it's in Virgo Tuesday. It's in Virgo Wednesday through 10.55 in the morning. And that is a moon trine Pluto as a closing aspect. So I'll be flying off to Chicago on a moon trine Pluto, which is a good aspect for work and learning things and figuring out new stuff. So Tuesday, 
Wednesday, good aspects for figuring stuff out. Then the moon goes void at 10.55 a.m., and it's void until, so it's void all day Wednesday until 2.52 in the morning, Thursday morning. Because Uranus just went into Taurus, we're going to have a lot of long void moons because the moon goes void uh, when it, the last aspect, the last Ptolemaic aspect it makes, conjunction, opposition, trine, sextile, or square, and then it disappears into the void. So we're going to have long voids because Uranus is now in a new sign at the early part of the zodiac, right? So we're going to find long void moons, which are very good for meditation, contemplation, continuing course, continuing course on existing projects. Don't begin new things. Don't start new stuff because you're not going to really use it. You're not going to get it done. Something's going to come and screw it up. So in my example, which I'll give you here, I bought food. <laughs> I have a group that meets in my house once a week, and I thought, I'm just going to go buy some pasta you know, and feed them pasta tomorrow. So I got three cheese tortellini, really nice little tortellinis, and some spinach and some onion and some sauce, and I was going to make a little pasta. But I bought it in a void moon, and I thought, well, what can possibly go wrong? I'm going to cook it you know, and feed them. Well, of course, it gets time to go cook the pasta. They're all like, you know, we've had so many hors d'oeuvres. We really don't need any. We really don't need any uh, pasta. Why don't you just stay here? Don't cook the pasta. And I'm like, you're kidding me, right? <laughs> I got a bunch of pasta in my refrigerator. I even bought more than I normally buy. But I was like, all right, Ann, you know about this void moon stuff. Don't go buying groceries on void moons. And I'm going to have to go freeze the pasta because there's no way I'm eating it before I go away for a week. Um, and that's why we don't do things on void moons. So at any rate, the moon is void all day Wednesday from 10.55 in the morning on until 2.52 a.m. on Thursday night. Then it goes into Libra. It's in Libra uh, Thursday, Friday, and it goes void at 5.03 p.m. with a moon square Pluto. Okay, so that's a little bit of contentious energy. And 5.03 p.m. on Friday, and then it's void all Friday night. And then it goes into uh, Scorpio, 9.39 a.m., Saturday morning. These are all East Coast times. It's in Scorpio, the 26th, the 27th, and it goes void at 1.25 uh, p.m. on Memorial Day with an opposition to Mercury. Again, a, you know, a separating aspect or an aspect that allows you to see things. And, of course, Scorpio is intense. And then uh, between 1.25 and 6.29 p.m., the moon is void on Monday the 28th, and then it goes into Sag at 6.29 p.m., and it's in Sag the 28th evening, the 29th, which is a full moon at uh, 8 Sag, and then it goes void at 2.26 in the morning on Wednesday, and then it is void all day Wednesday the 30th. So in the void uh, that it goes is with a square to Neptune. So the beginning of the week has positive closing aspects, Monday, Tuesday, uh, through Wednesday at 11, 10.55. The, the, the Libra moon has a, a struggling aspect. It's got a square to Pluto, a lot of triangle stuff, a lot of little dramas around triangles and how we're doing things. Then the Scorpio moon, of course, is just intense, and it's got an opposition to Mercury, Mercury being in uh, Taurus, so Mercury's a little stubborn and the moon's a little bit intense, so we can have some struggles. 
And then uh, 629, the Sag moon is nice, but it's a closing aspect to Neptune. So it's a little sad. It's a little bit melancholy. Uh, And then we go uh, into the next week. So I'm giving you next week's, too, because you're going to be on vacay, you know, assuming you take Memorial Day off and are traveling. Um, So the energy is pretty intense the back half of the week. And I'm always, (laughs) I mean, I'm an astrologer. I'm like, okay, I get we have to pick a weekend to have a conference, but really we couldn't have better closing aspects. I mean, it launches on a nice aspect, but it's going to be some drama. I'm already predicting it. All right, uh, so let's talk about the week ahead and what's going on with the stuff. And with this, what you do is you look at um, your chart and you look at the degrees in your chart. Somebody asked me about this the other day in a, in a reading. So, like, I'm going to say today the sun is going to be a 29 Taurus, and it's going to go to 6 Gemini, right? So it enters Gemini tonight at 1041, 1014 p.m., and then it goes into zero because, remember, degrees go up, signs go to 30 degrees. So that means that every planet in your chart, if you look at the little degree sign, which looks like the symbol after the oven, you know, at 350 degrees, the little degree sign, and you look at any planet that you have under 6, 20, those planets are all going to be activated by the sun this week, right? So the sun in Gemini is chatty and communicative and talking and connecting and all that kind of stuff. So even though the moon is passionate, because it's got the Scorpio and it's got the aspects to Pluto and overdoing with Jupiter, um, that's okay, because the moon is kind of chitty-chatty and it's a little gossipy but fun we like we like gemini gemini suns and so the moon all those planets between zero and six in your chart are going to get woken up by the sun in some kind of aspect so if you have a lot of early planets expect them to kind of get excited uh the sun enters gemini as i mentioned tonight at 10:14, and then this week it's going to be in a sextile to chiron offering an opportunity for healing it's in a biquintile to Saturn on the 23rd, offering you some kind of authority or a new idea from an authority, perhaps a promotion to authority, some kind of raise, um, or recognition from your authorities. And then it's got a nice cooperative aspect with Mars on the 23rd, which is my sister's birthday. Happy birthday, Mary. Um, and it also is an inconjunct to Vesta saying, okay, there's a shift around what feels like home and what doesn't. It does have a crabby, cranky aspect with a sesquiquadrate to Pluto with the authority figures causing a little bit of a problem, uh, especially through communication, and that's going to happen on the 27th. So one of the things you want to watch this week with Gemini ruling you know, in the sky is people perhaps misinterpreting what you say or hearing you in a way that can cause a little bit of stress. Because remember, Mercury is in Taurus. It shifted last week. And it's in, a, it's in a sign where it's a little bit more stubborn than it might be otherwise. It's in a sign where it's going to make a point, where it's going to want to be the bull. And, of course, Mercury in Venus, as sign, Taurus, is answering to that out-of-bounds Venus in, in Gemini. Right? So Venus is in Gemini, um, way out of bounds. So our words can be really a little out of bounds this week, as can the sun, because they're riding on this energy. 
So Mercury, uh, he goes from 15 degrees Taurus, and he's moving pretty fast, to 25, almost 26 degrees Taurus. So everything between 15 and 25 in your chart is going to get woken up by Mercury in some form. And he's in Earth, so he's practical. He wants to be down to Earth. He wants to speak things that are good. But his boss is Gemini out of bounds. <laughs> uh, Venus out of bounds. So she goes, well, it could be this, it could be that. could be this, could be that. So we were talking today, and uh, one of the things, you know, as you know, I'm a relatively progressive liberal in my worldview. And one of the things that happened was Rudy, Rudy was on the airwaves saying they can't indict a president. They can't indict a president. You know, and, and like he heard about it from Mueller. You know, Mueller's the one thing about Mueller's group is those those guys are all Capricorn. They just do not talk. So I don't know where he got it from, but he's running around saying it. So they pulled a videotape of Gemini, of course, Gemini, Gemini. Uh, two sides to the story. They pulled a videotape of him during the Clinton investigation going, of course he can be subpoenaed. Of course a president can be subpoenaed. And apparently he got pretty mad about it because he looked like he was going to blow a gasket. And that was, that's not fair. And it's like, well, yeah, it is. It's women, it's sex, it's, you know, yeah, it is kind of the same, isn't it? Whatever. So that's the story. So watch for the duality. Um, when this aspect happens in the sky, Mercury and Taurus is a really interesting energy because what Taurus does is they go, yeah, well, I, I told you about that. And you go, bah, da, 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 da. and he goes, no, 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 I told you about that. Because it's an earth sign. It's very grounded. And it, it, you know, it points it out. And you can go, bah, da, 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 da. and he goes, no, I told you about that. And, and it's like a bull. It's very tenacious. So it's a little stubborn on top of it. So watch for when you, when you say something that isn't true or that, you know, the last time you said it, you said it the other way, it's going to come back and bite you in the butt. And it's going to say, oh, okay, so you said that there, and now you're saying this here. Got it. And and the person's going to look at you and go, I didn't say that. You know, I got it on the videotape, right, like Rudy did. But this is this is this next couple weeks. So you don't have this forever, but you do have it. Mercury also is making really important communications because he's sextile to Neptune. So you do want to watch what new dreams come in. And he's a little over the top. And, I, you know, I always encourage people to dream big. Uh, nothing is nothing is uh, chained but attained by dreaming small, and just even just having a vision and going and working on it. Unexpected consequences, unexpected things come in, and the vision, you know, holding the vision and saying, "This is what I'm going for." Um, good. And I was born out in this at one point because a lot of times people say, "I want to go to the Olympics," and they get to the Olympics, but they don't win the gold medal, right? I want to go to the Olympics and win the gold medal whole different vision, whole different how do we get there, right? So kind of watching, watch that energy. Watch what you say. And remember, it's Earth. Earth is fixed. It's going to create it for you. I had one client come the other day, and she said, well, I, I, I wanted to be alone. And now I find I'm alone, and I'm lonely. I'm like, well, you created alone. That's good. Now you've gotten what you wanted. You created that. So now if you want to change it, you can and how do we change anything? We change our mind. And we say, okay, I, I think I'm going to change my mind about this. And I think instead of that order, you know, for a life where I'm alone, I'd like to order up a life where I had a little more to do or I had a romance or I had a, a really interesting job and I moved to a city. This is how things happen. We, we change our mercury. 
And this week, while Mercury is in Taurus answering to Venus in Gemini, the universe is going to push back a little. Actually, Venus in Cancer, still out of bounds, though. The universe is going to push back a little and ask you. So the moon, Mercury works with Pluto and Saturn and really gets a lot of energy this week, especially around the 25th and the 26th, important connections on the 27th. Venus goes from zero Cancer to eight Cancer, and she has important connections on the 26th. So watch who you meet on the 26th, because this is like a big deal coming in, and it's for your future. Venus also has a little bit of an argument on the 20th and the 21st around how to proceed. Not happy. Mars is working with Chiron and asking you to heal old wounds and how to work with them. Jupiter is looking to partner with you in a new way that he hadn't been before. And he also has a trine to Neptune, his second of three, uh, asking you to work on your dream and to really give it some serious cred. Saturn aspects the nodes of fate in a hard manner on the 27th, asking you to adjust. And Uranus is working with uh, Pallas Athena to help you get the vision. As you can tell, the British lady talked, and I'm like, hell, I didn't get through my list yet. Chiron wants you to see the patterns that cause the problems to continue. There's a lot of adjusting and seeing the patterns energy this week. Vesta says change your home, change your life, change, your, change, your, change it, and it'll be different. And uh, Pallas Athena enters Cancer on May 21st, starting a new uh, emotional strategic. What you want to watch this week, because the energy is so shifting and changing, is what emotionally you're up for. And you may find you're a little exhausted, a little tired, so go to bed. Uh, Taurus energy is snuggly energy. It wants to cuddle up under a blanket. It wants to get naked and get having a little romp and chase. It needs touch. It needs tactile. It needs good food. So honor your Taurus and give it those things and help it feel better. And on that note, I'm going to hang up because the British lady says I'm out of time, and I guess I'm going to have to talk faster next week. So if you're in Chicago, look me up. Um, We'll do the weekly weather next week, but we won't do it at the normal time. It'll be earlier. So take care and big hugs. Lots of love. Bye.